Please turn your Bibles to James chapter 1. Yes, we're back in the book of James and uh, <laughs> dealing with a, a topic that is challenging. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying my best to make it applicable because the Word of God is applicable to us, whatever the Word is, you know, that we find how it applies to us. That's what's usually a little bit difficult sometimes. And uh, the Lord just opened this up, and I pray and I believe that this is for us right now. It is a word in season. You know, I, I very much believe in, in being prophetic in my ministry. Uh, and I may not say, thus saith the Lord, but He does. <laughs> okay? If I'm up here and I'm talking, I'm praying it's Him talking. <laughs> okay? To you. You don't want to hear me. So um, <laughs> please receive all of this from Him um, as we go through this. Let's begin in James chapter 1. Remember again in verse 9, the Apostle James writes and he says, Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation. And I know that this is something that you know, people just say, oh yeah, that's just talking to the poor, but it isn't. This is talking to anybody with a poverty mentality. Amen. You could have money and be stingy. Yep. <laughs> you know, you want to hang on to all of it. Do you know that, do you know that is a poverty mentality? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I really need you to think about this. A poverty mentality hangs on to everything. A person that's generous will let go. And remember the rich young ruler. He had so much, but you know, at the end of the day, it wasn't that he had so much, all of that had him. That's right. He was in chains. Yeah. Are you all with me? He was a prisoner to his own wealth, Absolutely. where he couldn't let go of it and move on and do what Jesus Christ asked him to do. We're going to look at some of that today, all right? So remember, let me just catch you up as quickly as I can. All right, so... <laughs> Remember again, the first thing that I said was the poor man, all right, or, or people with this poverty mentality, they need to change their self-image, how they see themselves. All right, we went to 2 Corinthians 8, 9, because we started in this place where I wanted you to change your mind, I wanted people to change. Because when you look at Abraham, eh, he had problems with the amount of wealth he had. In fact, they had to have a meeting. Him and the nephew said, all right, yeah, dude, we got a problem here. We got so much, it's all mixing together. It's too big, we need to separate. Have you had that problem? There's too much money in the account. We need to open a second one. As if. <laughs> you know? okay. Just to split it up. You know, the numbers are getting too big in that account. <laughs> the blessing of Abraham comes upon us. These riches, in context, when you read 2 Corinthians, see, people like to just kind of go all weird in their head. If you read 2 Corinthians chapter 8, in context, it's not talking about heavenly riches. It's talking about earthly wealth. Earthly wealth. Yep. I want to make sure I said that right. Okay? Amen? Amen. All right. And I want you to notice, since it's talking about that, it's saying you need to change your mind. Notice he says, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Remember they gambled for his clothes at, you know, when he was being crucified. You don't gamble for stuff that's, you know, oh, who wants this old tattered with holes in it thing? Uh, burn it, dude. Nobody wants it. But if it's something that's, woo, 
that's a collectible. <laughs> you know, that's quality work. Uh, yeah, you want to gamble for that one? I'll bet you my house and my cow. Oh, man. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say. I'm making a point. Anyway, so, <laughs> so he says again, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. This is the great exchange, that you through his poverty might become rich. Notice it's not will, but might. It's your choice. You can decide you don't want to be. Can you please decide yes? Anyway, <laughs> remember again, I, I read you some commentaries. Let me just quickly read this so we get our mind back in this, okay? Uh, <clears throat> R. Kent Hughes, remember, wrote again and said, if this man could but grab these tremendous, stupendous realities and hang on, he would realize his incredible height, the low are truly high. And Simon J. Kissimaka went on to say he sees himself or should see himself as a child of the king, a son or daughter of God, as a member of God's royal family, the brother ought to take pride or sister in his or her new spiritual family tree. Remember we talked about this before. This is how you change your thinking. Amen? We looked at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 in relation to this, and we saw that the apostle Peter writes and he says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Royalty and priests, okay? A royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. I remember I told you before, the darkness he called you out of was poverty and all the lack in your life. He's calling you out of that and into this light, this light of prosperity and generosity and looking after people. Being in a place where you can be a blessing, not just always look to be blessed. All right. Remember we went next and looked at Proverbs 28 and verse 20, where it said a faithful man or woman will abound with blessings. Remember that? Okay, and then we went and looked at Proverbs 10.22 that said that the blessing of the Lord, see this is the whole point of the blessing, that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. If you got the blessing, you will be rich. God will make sure that you are rich. Are you with me? And it says he makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Amen. This is just like the spirit. You know, you can get high without the headache on the other end. <laughs> you, know? you can get rich without the headaches. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. <laughs> but we said here, now we're, we're almost there, okay? But I, I said here again that this, none of this is ever going to happen if the poor doesn't first see himself as the children of the king. All right, I've said here, if the poor don't first see themselves as children of the king and take pride in their heavenly heritage, that promises so much. And I read to you this one last quote from Simon J. Kissimaka, where he says, Proudly he points to his heavenly father and his heavenly brother, Jesus Christ. The Christian has royal blood in his veins. This is every single Christian. You know, we, we tend to sort of go, oh, yeah, yeah, I can see royalty in that one. That's everyone. Okay? Whether you look like it or not, you've got this. All right? Okay. Says James, listen, my dear brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? Oh, that's incredible. No wonder the Christian ought to take pride in his or her high position. He or she is an heir of God's kingdom. 
Now, in relation to this, we went to Romans chapter 8, and that's where we left off. Romans chapter 8, so let's go there, and then we'll go from there, okay? Romans chapter 8 and verse 16, remember again, it said, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. That's the first thing, the first revelation we need to get, that we are God's children. How can I put this? What if you woke up one day, let, let, uh, for the sake of this illustration, the most wealthy person on this planet is called Mr. Moneybags. <laughs> okay? All right, so let's, let's, okay. So you wake up one day and you hear a knock on the door. All right, and you go answer the door and you're thinking, who is this at six in the morning? Are you so-and-so? You go, yeah, 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 I am. <laughs> Almost. Uh, why? What do you want? <laughs> you know? And he says, well, I've got great news for you. Mr. Moneybags passed away last night. And in his will, he left everything to you. And you go, who? I don't know. What? Huh? Do you remember? Do you, know, do, do you not have any idea who this person is? No. no. Who? <laughs> he goes, we've just found out that you are an heir. We couldn't find any of the other ones. This, you're the only one. What's the first question you ask? How much did he have? <laughs> well, if I was, I mean, I'm not stupid, you know. <laughs> I mean, if it's Mr. Moneybags and there's a lot there, I want to know. Is this something I get excited about? It? Is this a hundred bucks? <laughs> well, you know, you know, okay. Is it a McDonald's happy or is it, you know, I'm buying the next couple of buildings happy? So, <laughs> and, and then he says, well, look at this, you know, and he just shows you and you go, wow, and your eyeballs fall out of your head. You know, and you go, my good, the, the real, and the zeros keep going. He turns the page over. There's more zeros in the back here. Hello, you, you're getting my drift. Try to get there what I'm trying to say. What would happen if you were living in squalor at the time? What's the first thing that you would do? Get out. I, if I was that guy, if I was, I'd give all of, everybody come and take whatever you want. I don't need this anymore. I'm not going to go, oh, yeah, I want to take this and take this, just in case. And <laughs> Are you kidding me? Forget this. I don't even be associated with this anymore. In fact, I want to come back and help everybody here. Because I know Ralph, man, he helped me out when I didn't have enough gro for groceries last week. And, and Martha over there, she came and cleaned stuff up and looked after me. And, you know, when I was not well, I, I remember all these people. That's what, that is what all this is about. Change your thinking. So you need to learn how to access all that, don't you? See, that's the whole thing. You, the next question you're going to say, how do I access this? What do I need to do? Well, the signature is called the name of Jesus. Okay, that's the signature. That's what gets you into all of this. So when you say, in the name of Jesus, they'll go, what do you want? This is the wealthiest bank in the universe, by the way, not just the world. Ain't nobody got more than God. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay. And he says, it's all yours. How do I know that? Let's keep reading. All right. 
Verse 17. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Did you get that? He says, if we indeed suffer with him, then we may also be glorified together. I love the New Living Translation. It says this, since we are his children, we share his treasures. I think that's really plain. Amen. Okay. For everything God gives to his son, Christ is ours too. Everything. So if you think that Jesus is rich, and you better. Okay. You see the throne that he sits on and all the stuff around him? Take you a week to just get over that. Okay. And so this is telling us everything that is his is ours. Joint heirs. Joint bank account. Joint withdrawal privileges. Anyone can sign. <laughs> okay? Anyone can use the name of Jesus. And it's never going to run out. Do you know one of the scriptures that's really interesting? It says, ask whatever you want, and I will give it to you. The original doesn't say that. The original says, ask whatever you want, and I'll give it to you, and if it doesn't exist, I'll create it and give it to you. See, we're talking to the creator. The creator can make more if it's running out. Don't ever think, see, because I, I know there's some person, somebody out there, is thinking, what happens if we all withdraw and God runs out? You know, there's always one out there. For you, for you, I'm telling you this, okay? He'll make some more, don't worry about it. Like you can never ask for that much. You can't even, never mind. All right, so, we're just trying to get you to the place where you just have enough, you know? Okay, so, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> In other words... To the poor believer, tempted to feel insignificant and powerless because the world judges a person on the basis of money and status, James says, take pride in your exalted status in, spirit, in the spiritual realm as one seated in, heavenly, in the heavenlies with Christ Jesus himself. See, this is one of the biggest problems we have, is that we see ourselves the way others see us. If, we, you know, if people look down on us, we tend to adopt that and look down on ourselves. I don't know, man. It just I, the human being seems to always look, be looking for approval, always looking to see how other people react, to see how they feel about themselves. If everybody laughs, I'm funny. If every, you know, if everybody just throws up, I'm, maybe I'm not. You know, if everybody looks down on me, well, maybe I don't have very much. It, we we just do this. It's always you know I call this the law of Roche's relativity. You know, okay, everything is relative. You can, you know, you can be here and going, I'm poor. Yeah, go to India. See how poor you are. You, you know what I mean? It's just all relative. And see, that's that's this is the other problem we have. That relative to where we are, and maybe people that have so much more than us, we seem to be poor. But those people relative to God are really, really poor. No matter how much money they have, they are extremely poor in relation to God. I don't see any of them with pavement that's transparent gold. Hello. Let alone all the buildings, <laughs> okay? Built with gorgeous gems and precious stones. and <laughs> Dear Lord. 
Are you all with me? You're, you are attached to that. This is ref, this, what he said again, the exalted status in the spiritual realm as one seated in, heavenly, in the heavenlies with Christ is referring to Ephesians chapter 2. Let's go there. Ephesians chapter 2. I want to start in verse 4. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4. It says, but God who is rich in mercy. Do you see those words? God who is rich in mercy, not judgment, mercy, means that you get things you don't deserve. Are you all with me? When you say mercy, <laughs> you're saying, can you please forget about what I deserve now? Right now, I need you to forget about it. <laughs> okay? Mercy, mercy. You know what I'm trying to say? All right. <laughs> so he says, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Please see the words great love. See the words great love. All right? I want you to understand that the mercy that is so rich comes from a great love. That's why the mercy is so rich. It's because he has such a great love. You need to see this. So many people, the problem is that they don't really believe that God has a great love for them. It's like God just kind of forgets about them and go, oh, whoops, I forgot. <laughs> there was a bill due. Oh, I missed that one. You know, sorry your house is being repossessed. Oh, we'll get that next time. No, no it never, it's not like that. God is watching over you. He loves you. Do you know God can be everywhere at once? He's not out somewhere You're ruling the universe. <laughs> you know, I'm just thinking. <laughs> I'm sorry. My, my mind went off to this whole situation with Elijah, you know, and, and, and the prophets of Baal. And, you know, they, they, they were, King Ahab went off the rails. And so they were worshiping Baal. And, you know, Elijah said, you people need to decide who you want to serve. And so, you know, he says, let's do an offering. You know, let's, let's kind of, you guys decide which bull you want. Put, put one for me, put one for you. Let's see which one, don't light the fire, but let's see if the, your gods can light it. You know, and he just mocks him. And he sits there and goes, maybe he's ruling the universe somewhere else or something. You better shout out louder because he's probably not hearing you. Maybe he's in the little girl's room, you know. And, no, he really says that in the New Living Translation. It brings that up. And anyways, <laughs> I like the translation. But, you know, I mean, he just mocked them. Listen. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> you are not dealing with that sort of a God. This God pays attention to you. Every little thing you say, everything, every little thing you do, every feeling you feel, he's watching over you. He loves you so very much. Please see the words again, great love. Because of his great love with which he loved us. Let's continue. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ... And he says, by grace you've been saved, verse 6. And raised us up together. And notice this, who raised us up together? He did. You're not trying to raise yourself up in your mind. This is not positive mental attitudes and positive thinking and all that sort of stuff, okay? This is something God did. All I do up here, you know, people say, are you trying to get stuff from God? Are you, are you trying to twist God's arm? Are you kidding me? Jacob tried that. It didn't work. <laughs> okay? Listen to me. All I do here is let you know what already belongs to you. That's it. 
Whether you go withdraw from it, whether you go do anything with it, that's not my job. I'm like the guy that turns up at the door and says, you're the heir. You want it? Oh, brother, now I, well, fine. That's not too good. When you want it, it's in my drawer. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> okay? Listen, all I do is let you know what belongs to you. Whether you tap into it and begin to use it and begin to do the thing that God needs you to do and be a blessing down here and not let that thing corrupt you. We're going to, I really want to get to that today, but anyway. And don't let it corrupt you, but be strong. See, a lot of people think, oh, you know, the best thing is just to be humble and have nothing. You know, it takes strength to have money and let it go. Ooh. Some of us have no idea what that's like. No idea. <laughs> Don't know what that is. It's like a pink elephant. You know, with a unicorn thingy on his head. No idea. Amen. That's the problem. Okay. Anyway, anyway. You need to know that God needs you needs you to have the wealth so that the devil doesn't have it. And then he needs you to do the right thing with that so that we can call, bring all this to an end. Listen, if we had it all, listen to me, if we had it all, oh, hallelujah. I mean, every television station would get bought out. We'll put on one there what we want. We won't have the devil putting stuff on there that they're trying to normalize things that we know are sin into the, the lives of children. And it's all heading back to the days of Noah. Seriously. To where everybody thinks it's okay. Amen. Jesus said, just like the days of Noah. Which means it's all going that direction again. Hmm? People are going to think, oh, that's not sin. That's just politically and religiously correct, isn't it? No. <laughs> Some things just sin. Okay. Back to this, back to this. Anyway, he says again, when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together in Christ, raised us up together, and made us, see the words made us, made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You have been placed there whether you like it or not. That's, that's revelation number one. You're there, but I don't want to be there. Too late, you're there. Th that's in verse six. All right, thank you. That's a, that's a fact. Can you all receive that today, please? Yeah, just receive that, the fact. You are there. Now, you, your life may be horrible down here, but you're still there. That's where you are. That's your position in God. He doesn't look at you and go, whoa, <laughs> I, don't want you. I don't want you anywhere near the throne room, thank you. Okay, it's not that. The moment you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, you're there. Because we are seated together in Him. He's there, you're in Him, so you're there. Are you all with me? That's why it says, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Not on your own, in Him. Verse 7, that in the ages to come, I love this, watch, he might show you the exceeding riches of his grace 
in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. The exceeding riches of his grace. That stuff that, you, that God has for you that you didn't deserve. See, if it was, if it was exceeding riches according to what you deserve, that, <laughs> that would sink my little ship. I'd be going, yeah, that's it. Forget about it. I'm gone. See you later. Bye. Okay, but watch this. Because he says, notice, exceeding riches of his grace. His grace is giving us this. And family, let's not wait till we get there to walk in it. Amen? And if that wasn't enough, I have to do this. This way we can go on to verse 10 next week. All right? I don't want to recap everything again. Uh, <laughs> he goes on to say in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Let's go there quickly. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. It says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. This is who God is. He can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. Above all that we could ask or think. Do you know this is a problem? Do you know when I first became a Christian, the reason I did not want to become a Christian, because everybody told me that the first thing that God will do is take you down. And he'll make you poor. And then he'll test you. And then he'll try you. And he'll make your life miserable. And see if you still love him. I said, oh, thanks. I got enough problems. See you later. Who wants to be a part of that? I mean, are you stupid? No, seriously. <laughs> Only a stupid person would, you know. I was like, no, no, thank you. And then, do you want to become a Christian? <laughs> no. Is there any other religion available? No. Okay. Listen, man. Listen. This totally contradicts that. It say, this says, you think you got a plan for your life? Oh, yes, brother. I want to do this, and I want to be a CEO, and I want to have a million bucks. And, and, you know, this says the person hearing all that is laughing. And you go, well, what's so funny? Is that all you want to do? Well, you know, and... But is that it? God has some, something that is exceedingly, abundantly beyond what you could ask or even think. People worry that they're going to ask God too much of him. That they'll go to him and they'll say, these are my plans. And God will go, ha, 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 you stupid person. Are you not going to walk in all of that? Are you, are you kidding what do you think I am? A bank? No. <laughs> Actually, yes. <laughs> okay. No, it's never going to be that. You go and tell God all your plans. He laughs and says, I got better. You want to see? And then he pulls a scroll out with your name on it, and it rolls out, and you just look at it and go, <coughs> mouth open. And you think, I can't do that. He goes, I know, but I can. <laughs> Shall we? I don't know, man. This religion is tough. <laughs> I just, I thought this was going to be hard. That's impossible. All things are possible to him that believes. There's the challenge. That's what God is looking for in all of us. Not to back off and see how little we can get, but dear God, are you up for the challenge? Are you up for an adventure? Are you ready to see what God can do? Hallelujah. Amen.
And I say this to all those that have a poverty mentality. Are you ready to see what God can do for you if you just let go? Amen. James' point, then, is that believers must look beyond the world's evaluation to understand who they are and look to God's view of them. Amen? Not what the world says, but what God says. Only then will they be able to do what James says, let the lowly brother glory, glory in his exaltation. Hallelujah. Or as the New International Version puts it, the brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. Amen? Next time when we come back, and we're done now, we will look at what James goes on to say in verse 10 in relation to this. Verse 10, the first part, is is kind of a, um, a very interesting statement because it does two things. All right? Very cleverly done. It, first of all, uh, uh, gives you the opposite view of James 1.9. But then it also has something else to it in verse 11. So James 1.10 relates both to James 1.9 and James 1.11. Duh. Okay, but, <laughs> but in a very funny way. James 1.9 doesn't relate to James 1.11. Do you, you all know what I'm trying to say? You know, sometimes there'll be a thought, then it follows a thought, and you, so you think, oh, where does this come from? Oh, go back to over here, it's over here, and then there's the, 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 the follow-through. But 1.9 doesn't have anything to do with 1.11. 1.9 has something to do with 1.10. 1.10 has to do with 1.11. 1.11 and 1.9 have nothing to do with each other. All right? So we are going to look at verse 10 next week in relation to verse 9, and maybe the following week, then we'll look at verse 11 in relation to verse 10. And you'll get tremendous revelations on all of them. And I pray it will bless you. All right, that's it. Let's, let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today for your word. And we thank you, Father, for all the wisdom, the insight, the revelation that we're receiving. We thank you, Father, that you are revealing things from your word to us. Things that we would never know. <laughs> we would have no idea about had you not let us know. And so we are grateful to you, God, that we are receiving your wisdom. The wisdom of God. The wisdom of the one that created all things. Hallelujah. And we thank you, Father, that we don't take these things lightly. That we are looking to you to help us to be doers of this word, not just hearers. So that we can be blessed in our doing, and also be a blessing to all those around us. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen.